Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Brent Pasqua, and I'm here with Matthew Thiel and Joshua Winterslay. Today, we're going to go over some strategies that are key to implement during some of these recession times. We've seen the market really just get hammered over the last couple of weeks due to the coronavirus, and we've seen very little relief from it. Uh, but before we start going into all of those, we are working from home. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Are you guys enjoying working from home? Yeah, Brent, I, I am. It's been a nice change of pace, and I'm working from my kitchen table in a one-bedroom apartment. And then uh, across the way is my wife, Haley, who's working from our desk. So we're kind of splitting offices right now. The nice part is being able to go for walks and uh, obviously not having to commute to work. Uh, but I do miss being in the office with you guys. So that, that's a little disappointing. Are you enjoying it, Josh? Um, it's different. It took me a little while to, to get used to it. Um, but uh, it's nice to be able to just kind of dial in and focus. And again, I, I'm in a small space like Matt, so we have that same challenge. But uh, my dogs love it. Um, I have two dogs, Memphis and Mila, and they, uh, they love me being home. Sometimes they uh, bother me a little bit too much and are distracting, so I got to take them for walks. But at least I have some walking buddies. They replaced you guys as my walking buddies for the short time. So it's been so far so good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it also. I think some of my favorite things are being able to take lunch and have lunch with my kids. Obviously, I normally don't get to do that. So, And then when they're sort of getting homeschooled, obviously, right now because schools are out. So I try to take as many recesses on their schedule that I can so I can go out there and play with them for 15 minutes and, and then come back in. But I think, you know, there's obviously some less distractions being at home, which is good. You can really get a lot of work done with some less distractions. But then there's also some of those home distractions, I think, also. But I, I think it's wonderful. I, don't, I have no problem with it. We're getting as much work done now, I think, as we do in the office, if not more. So I, I think it's great. And it cuts off that drive time. Pretty scary time for landlords, right? I mean, all these businesses running efficiently without offices, I, I wouldn't want to be holding a big portfolio of commercial real estate right now. Yeah, or residential. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that can't pay their rent right now. Yeah, scary times. So let's get an update on everything that has happened in the last two weeks. So as of right now, obviously the coronavirus has pretty much shut down about a third of the world. California and New York are pretty much all on lockdown. There's multiple states that are following suit with them. Um, and we're kind of seeing that progression of other states becoming more strict on what they're shutting down. Obviously, big cities are at big risk of the spread also. And just based on transportation in those cities, they're at risk. So there are more stricter guidelines that the CDC and the government is coming out with and at the state and local levels to kind of control this thing. So we've seen that really progress over the last several days. And uh, right now, many people are just under quarantine. Everyone's working from home. Uh, everyone's trying to minimize as much contact that they have personally, like one-on-one -on -one with people in person. And then the number of the COVID-19 cases in the U.S. are increasing at a more rapid rate. So as Dr. Fauci has said, you know, we're trying to flatten that curve, but it seems like right now we're just making that progression up the curve right now. Uh, it feels like that storm was coming in, the storm is hitting now, and we don't really see the end of the storm yet. But hopefully here in the next several weeks, we can hit that curve peak that we're going to get to, and hopefully it's flat, and then move forward. For some updates really on the market, Matt, what's kind of happening right now in the stock market? 
Yeah, so we've witnessed in the last month the fastest decline in the stock market ever. At the low, we were down more than 30%, 30, 34%. Um, it has recovered in the last few days. For, for those listening, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 25th. So that's nice to see a, a couple of days in a row. Um, and, and we've seen some great response by the Federal Reserve. They've stepped in and really tried to soften the damage. Essentially, they're purchasing an unlimited amount of financial assets to help out with market liquidity. And one thing I, I think that's really interesting for, for people to grasp is right now in New York City's shut down, right? Right, Brent, you mentioned that at the start of the show. Do you think trading floors are open at major financial institutions? Can they do it remotely? Yeah, so they're all trading remotely right now. The stock guys, the fixed income guys, the credit derivatives guys, they're trading from their kitchen table. Yeah, that's so, pretty amazing to think about the technology that has to get transferred over to at home and to be able to operate on those levels. Right. So, th I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why we've seen the all, all global financial assets drop so fast is there's just no liquidity. There's, there's no trading desk actually together. And so for people at home who are scared and, and scared of the market, just realize this is unprecedented. Never happened before. Everyone was working together. We probably wouldn't see this, this fast of a decline. Because in 9-11, didn't they, it just shut for a couple of days and then it was just fired right back up, right? Yeah, the, the market was closed for, uh, I, I believe it was either three or five days. I, I was still in high school at 9-11, so I wasn't trading yet. But yeah, they, they reopened everything. Um, pretty fast. And I know there was a big, uh, I wouldn't call it a celebration, but a lot of people came together and got the exchanges back up and running pretty fast. Yeah, the it's tre tremendous. The news has been on top of like that headline of, you know, what the trading floor was, was going to do, interviewing representatives from the New York Stock Exchange. And their stance has been strong from the beginning of, we're just going to work remotely if we have to. And, and we've seen that come true. Yeah, absolutely. So Joshua, what is actually the status right now of the economy? Well, just first economist, um, gross domestic product, we'll talk about that. And that is just a snapshot of the economy. And right now, economists expect a drop anywhere from 15 to 20%. Um, so we're seeing a contraction of the economy already in just a short amount of time. So as eye-opening as the stock market drop is, um, those expected GDP numbers are also eye-opening. They also expect unemployment um, to be at at least 10%. So what an increase of at least 7% just in a few weeks of the unemployment rate. I saw a good article this morning that one of the Fed presidents said uh, it could be as high as 30%. So just, uh, I mean, that number when that comes out is going to obviously just be really, really extreme and, and quick and um, something we've never seen before. Uh, and then also with the GDP contraction, we're now guaranteed a recession. And I would even argue that you could call it a recession now without even seeing the data. I mean, just as far as the, the, the research out there, just of what's already happened, um, we know how many businesses have shut down. Certain sectors are completely not working. So spending, unemployment, um, I don't think we need to wait too long to, to actually call this, this a recession. So just again, very crazy how this happened so fast. I know two people who got laid off last week. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, and this isn't a, a tight circle 
of people. It's uh, family members. So I don't know about you guys. I haven't had anyone directly, but you know, I have a couple family members also who just run small business and work. I mean, it's, it's just everything's fault. I mean, they can't be around other people and, and other people don't want their, the jobs to be done. So there's just, again, a, a complete shutdown of their revenue, their business. So scary time. And it has to be so hard for people who are, are hourly and obviously they're sitting at home right now and they can't work. They want to work. Businesses want them working, but everyone's just having to sit back and kind of ride this thing out. And, you know, for the greater good of humanity and the health of everybody, we just got to kind of ride this thing out, get it over with as, as quickly as possible, but as efficiently as possible. So we don't just spike that curve right back up again. One of the things that I think is, is so interesting right now as we get into this topic is that most people are so worried about their portfolio, what their portfolio is doing, what the value of their portfolio currently is, how much it's going up and down every day, what the stock market is doing. But I think that the focus really should be on other things. You can only control so much of your portfolio. At the end of the day, you need to control the things that you can control. Today, I think what's important is let's talk about ways that we can actually improve our financial situation long-term and things we could do right now that could put us in a better position long-term and put us in a better position today. And so let's kind of talk about some, what some of those strategies are. Matt we, and Josh, we created a big list of strategies of things that people can implement. What's the first strategy, Matthew, that, that we came up with? So the first strategy is to postpone those big expenses. This is something that really hurts a lot of people in a recession, right? Because you actually, believe it or not, probably had the most money of your life in February. And I know quite a few people who are playing a big expense this year, whether a car, a, a new house, or a vacation. Now that we are in a recession, the amount of money you have if you're invested in global financial markets has dropped probably by somewhere between 10 to 20%. Hold off. Car dealers are going to be ready to haggle. That home you see on the market, it's not going anywhere. Banks probably aren't going to be lending as aggressively. And that vacation, if you cancel it now, you'll probably get it a lot cheaper in four months. Yeah, that, that's a, a really good point. There's just so much uncertainty right now. Those big expenses are going to just hard to be planned for um, in the short term. Uh, so just really delaying them. And it can be kind of enticing. There's cheap flights right now. There's discounts. Um, you know, like Nike, we talked about has a 25% discount. I think that just ended tomorrow. So it's, it's enticing to go out and spend, but I think now's a good time. Also, Matt, I agree to postpone any expenses and, and be aware of your personal finances. So given that we're sort of in this different situation right now with the way that this virus has affected the economy and the market, how do we know that in six months or five months from now, once this kind of settles, that prices of everything just go right back to where they were and they're not going to stay down. Why should we delay doing some of those big expenses? Do we think this could last longer than that? These, these things are going to get cheaper. Yeah, I think it's going to last much longer than everybody expects. Are you really going to want to go outside after this? Like once, So they say in Italy, it transitioned from a few weeks into the coronavirus case, everyone knew someone who got laid off, which is that that's where we are right now. To now, every Italian knows someone who's died from coronavirus. Are you really going to want to go out and spend money? Are you going to want to go be in social settings and 
you know, be near people who could still have the virus or had the virus when one of your family members passed away? Yeah, and I think there's that instability that companies are still going to have because their their revenue is not going to look the same. And people are going to be more hesitant to do a lot of things. So yeah, I guess the ripple effect could really last some time. Yeah, and through this period, you know, how they're affected, even if this is short term, how well you're going to see how companies, will, how prepared they were going into this. Because coming out of it, if it does take, you know, a year, three years of recovery, they're not going to be able to spend money. They're not going to be able to, you know, have that projected growth that they did before this happened. So it's going to take some time to recover if they weren't prepared for this type of downturn before it happened. Absolutely. So the first strategy is postpone those big expenses, hold off on, on big ticket items, wait a little bit till after this passes, you're probably going to get those for a lot cheaper in the future. So I think that's a great strategy to consider. What's strategy number two, Joshua? Strategy number two is to take less money from your portfolio. So now is just a great time to reassess your withdrawal rate from your investment portfolio. That pot of money um, has declined, whether if it's been a, a little or a lot. Um, and so taking the same amount of money out of your investment portfolio with the value decreasing is going to create a higher withdrawal rate, which could really damage your retirement plan. So now is just a great time to reassess um, that withdrawal rate, adjust it, and take less money out. There's less in the pot. We need to take less from the portfolio through these times to making sure that that pot of money doesn't run out. Yeah, well said. I mean, this is the time where you want to actually stop using your portfolio for withdrawals. It's down. If you don't need the money, don't take it. Or, you know, skimp a little bit. You don't need to. It, it goes back to the expenses. I'm sure there's a few things you could cut in your budget so you don't have to rely on your portfolio for income at times like this. Yeah, I think people are spending less money being at home right now. And it's probably, we're going to be in this for several months, right? This is going to have a ripple effect. So I, again, I, I think if we reduce our portfolio withdrawals, minimize it, like you guys said, if you don't actually need that money, you can reduce it down, maybe invest some of that cash that's in the portfolio. You don't need as much in cash because you're not taking withdrawals. Great time to buy some positions at a, at a lower price. It creates longevity in your portfolio. Like Josh said, we're not having to take money out where your portfolio is low and taking a higher withdrawal rate. I think that's an excellent strategy. So let's go on to the next strategy. Matthew, what's the third strategy on our list? So this one's uh, a little bit harder to do right now, but there are quite a few corporations that have announced they are hiring. But if you are, if you do get laid off from your job, there's pl plenty of part-time jobs that are available. I know Amazon, CVS, Walmart, they're all hiring right now to meet the massive demand they're seeing. Go get a part-time job. Supplement your income that way. Work, you know, go, go to work, work for a few hours a day instead of taking that money from the portfolio. I think that there's just opportunities too, right? I, mean, I think it's a time and that strategy of what I hear is, you know, there's, there's part-time work out there. There's opportunities to not only help, you know, if you want to help your community, but ways to make money. I think it is a, a good strategy to look into because there's still work that needs to be done. I mean, you know, like you said, all of the companies you listed, even the Domino's and Papa John's came out and said they're hiring tons of delivery drivers. So just a good strategy to look into uh, at this time. There's ways for people to work right now with minimal contact with people to still be sort of quarantined or social distance and not put themselves at risk, but still work some of these jobs. There's 
a lot of people hiring. So not not everybody has to just kind of sit at home and, and not be able to work. There there are options out there. So next on the list, Josh, what do we have for us uh, for number four strategy to implement? Number four strategy to implement is considering contributing into retirement accounts. So now is just a great time um, if you are let's say doing your taxes and you're considering contributing to your IRA. Now's a great time to fund that IRA uh, for last year and maybe even potentially this year's. It's also just a good time if you haven't had a 401k set up before to contribute to your 401k, making sure you're getting those matching dollars. And even if you do have a 401k set up, it's also a good time to increase those contributions because the stocks are um, discounted, right? We're, We're lower than we were in January. So increasing those 401k contributions um, is going to buy you shares at a better price. So just a really good time to seek those opportunities. And then those contributions also have a tax benefit. So um, just a, a really good time to, to reassess those contributions to retirement accounts. Well said, Joshua. Um, if you're eligible for a 401k, IRA, Roth IRA, whatever it is, max fund it all right now. Every spare dollar you have, put it into retirement savings. It's going to help you on the tax side and your money is going to grow at a, a substantial rate because stocks have fallen. So that means we have more upside. Matt, is there a strategy that you would implement or recommend to clients who are contributing into a 401k plan? Like, Should they be putting this new dollars into all their stock portion? Should they use target date funds? Like, Is there a strategy given the circumstance we're in that they can use with this new money contribution? That's a great question, Brent. It'd be on an individual basis. We'd have to look at the 401k and see what funds are available. But I know I've had a few conversations with my own clients who have been set up a little bit more conservative. So they haven't seen as big of a a downward move in their portfolios. And we're actually talking about going more aggressive now. So they could capture some of those big returns that we're predicting are going to happen in the next five to 10 years because of the sell-off. Josh, why is there such a big advantage if people have money sitting in savings account, checking account right now, they have an emergency fund to take that money from cash that hasn't been at risk during this recession or this coronavirus outbreak and putting that as a contribution to an IRA, Roth IRA and so forth. Well, you're really taking it from an asset that, you know, at this time isn't losing your cash, you know, hasn't dropped. It's, it has no capital depreciation and you're taking that and investing it into an asset that is low. It's that strategy of we want to buy low and you're buying low if you're taking your asset that is, again, hasn't had a loss and now reinvesting that into an asset that is lower in price than it was. So that, that's one just really good advantage. And the other one is, is if it's in cash and you're putting it into those retirement accounts, that tax savings. And we don't know how this year is going to end up. So, you know, saving even more money, which is helping with that overall financial picture, that's going to help you save money. You're paying less in taxes when 2020 comes to an end. So it's just benefiting you on both sides. You're buying you know, an asset that is depreciated and you're also saving money on taxes. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Sounds outstanding, especially you know, given the circumstance, you can really get things at a, a lower price. The next strategy that we created uh, is a high-level strategy. It's one that could be implemented uh, yourself or with your advisor. Now, what's the next strategy? Uh, this is a Roth conversion. Most people probably have an IRA or 401k. I'm going to assume that those have dropped in value. If they have dropped in value, now is a great time to consider converting that to a Roth IRA because you will pay less taxes. And then you could still invest in equities or stocks like we're saying and capture that high upside now in the Roth. 
and you get to bypass the R&D, plus you get the tax deferral of the Roth. And while tax, tax rates are lower, I mean, we can't forget that, you know, the tax rates are lower. So it's just another, you know, reason why that this strategy um, is attractive. Like I said before, it's another good deal that's out there right now. Great point. Is there a strategy with doing a Roth conversion where you'd say, well, we're going to sell, you know, more stock positions in the IRA possibly, and then convert them over to the traditional IRA buy those similar stock positions in the Roth IRA so that the Roth IRA is going to grow potentially at a higher exponential rate and build up over time versus the traditional IRA because of the tax advantage? Well, here, here's a great thing you can actually do, Brent, that most people don't know they can do, is you could convert individual funds or stocks that are inside your IRA to a Roth IRA. So you don't actually have to sell them. So people could transfer those directly over, convert them over, and then as that starts picking up, your Roth can start growing and you can have tax-free money in the future. Exactly. But you do have to come up with money to pay the taxes. So you, you might have to sell some shares to pay the taxes or you'll have to take the money out of your savings to pay the taxes. So let's provide a little bit of clarity on that situation. So a traditional IRA, you put in with pre-tax dollars and when you take it out, it's taxable. A Roth IRA is after-tax dollars and when you take it out, it's tax-free. So what you're saying is taking it over from the traditional IRA, moving it over to the Roth, paying some taxes as you transfer it over, and then when you go to take that money out of the Roth in the future, when it's a much bigger value, that's coming out tax-free. Exactly. Exactly. Seems like an excellent strategy. It's one that should be consulted with an advisor. It is conversations we are having with a lot of our clients. It is a great time for it. So this is a great strategy option and consideration. Uh, Joshua, what's the next strategy we have on the list? Uh, the next strategy, Brent, is consider tax loss harvesting. So if you have an after-tax account, or we call it a brokerage account or a non-qualified account, um, those positions that you hold in there are taxable every year. The dividends and interest, and then you have what's called capital gains. So as those securities appreciate or depreciate and you buy and sell them, um, they have a tax consequence. But right now, since the actual market is down, um, you might have some positions or securities that have or that are at a loss. And so tax loss harvesting would mean we'd sell those positions to realize that loss. Now, what that benefit is, is you get to actually report that loss on your tax return. And so it's an actual tax benefit at that time. And if you are using, to give an example, an index strategy, just because you sold that security doesn't mean you can't buy another security with those proceeds. So if you're indexing, you could just swap out one index fund for another and replace and keep the money invested. But you're realizing that loss as a tax advantage through this period. So just another strategy to, to find some value in the time that we're in. Uh, well said. Uh, this is something I'm doing with the majority of my clients right now. Um, I've even done it in my own portfolio. I'm doing it with my parents' portfolio. This is, this is a great time to use that strategy, get the tax benefit, and then invest in something else. So when and you I, say security, what do you mean by security? Whatever um, investment you're in. So it could be a mutual fund, an exchange-traded fund, or ETF, your stock positions, bond positions. So you can use those securities um, to tax all, any of those securities within your account to tax loss harvest. Um, what, one other point that I wanted to make too is that, that you're, you're limited to how much loss you can use in one year, but it does carry over. 
So it could potentially offset gains in the future. So when the market does recover and you have capital gains inside of your account, then eventually you could offset some of those gains with the losses that you accrued today or at this time. So just another advantage um, of looking at a tax harvesting strategy right now. One strategy that I think is important that goes along with this is if a client, and I've had this conversation with clients, if a client is holding a position right now, let's say a, an individual stock that is at a loss that they really don't want to hold long-term, but they've only been holding it because maybe before the drop, they've had a gain in it and they didn't want to pay the taxes on it. Right now, if you're not wanting to hold certain positions, certain stocks, or ETFs or mutual funds for a long period of time, and you can sell those right now and get out of them with a minimal gain or a loss, right now is as good as any to get out. Is that correct? Yeah, that's your reasoning. Mm -hmm. And then think of it this way, it's the opportunity cost, right? You can sell security A or stock A that you don't really like that much, and then you could go buy with the money stock B, C, D that you like a lot better that's more attractive now because that stock has fallen a lot in price as well. And get the tax benefit. Exactly. Yeah, I love the strategy. I think it's it's a great one on the list. What's the next strategy, Matthew? Uh, we already kind of touched on this, but take a look at your savings account. Take your expenses, multiply it by six. So if if you let's say that you have uh, five thousand expenses, multiply that by six. We are looking at thirty thousand. You should have that in your emergency fund. Take the excess you have in your savings account. Say it's maybe you have fifty grand. So a 20 grand difference and invest that $20,000. Now is a great time to invest cash that's on the sidelines. Prices are low in the market. You could build a, a conservative portfolio, you could build an aggressive portfolio, but just get that money out of the bank. The interest rates they're paying you are nothing, and you have positive expected returns right now in stocks for the first time in probably five years. I like that strategy. Um, I know we had already kind of touched on it. I think it's just important to add that, you know, make sure you're planning out, you know, the, the next few months, uh, make sure you have enough in that emergency savings before you go forward with that strategy. But again, now's a great time to get that excess cash invested. And this strategy is great for anybody. I mean, if you're younger, you're retired, you're planning on retirement, if you have excess cash right now, there's no reason to probably not start to get it invested in some capacity. It doesn't have to be aggressive. It could be super conservative. But right now, everything is on sale. It's a good time to really get that excess money going and let it start earning some higher interest rates. Joshua, what's the next strategy on the list? The next strategy on the list is rebalancing your investment portfolio. And so what this means is when you have a, an investment portfolio that's allocated, let's say between stocks and bonds, um, as there's fluctuations in the markets, your allocation might get thrown off. So let's just use an example of a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio. As it's invested, and especially through this period, since the stocks have declined in value since you originally constructed the portfolio, that percentage might have got thrown off. You might now only have 55% stock. So you're off your target allocation. And so through these times when we get drift away from our target allocation too far, we like to do this strategy called a rebalance, which we'd sell um, whatever position is over allocated to buy the position that is under allocated. So if it the bonds are again now 45 instead of 40, we'd sell 5% of those bonds and then buy 5% of those stocks. And what we'd be doing is practicing really what good strategy is, is we'd be selling high and buying low. Uh, we'd be selling the bonds at a 
relatively higher price and purchasing the bonds at a low. Uh, and this can really improve your portfolio long term by utilizing the strategy of rebalancing. Love the strategy. And then, like I said previously, I also love uh, going more aggressive now. If you had been set up conservative because maybe you were afraid that the market was going to crash, guess what? The market just crashed. Go more aggressive. This is what you said you were waiting for. There's no reason not to. Yeah, this is a strategy that I think is one of the top reasons why people need to have an advisor. And that's because we take the emotion out of it. We don't look at just the dollar figure. You, When somebody's looking at their account, they're saying how much they've had, how much they've lost, or how much they've gained over time, and how much they gave that back. We're not looking at it in that perspective. We're looking at it as a construction of a portfolio, allocations of percentages, and we're looking at academic research, and we're, we're able to actually take a step back and not have that emotional connection. Doing a rebalance in a portfolio does take a little bit of, of an uncomfortableness to do it because you're pushing your risk back up. But academic research is clear. Rebalance your portfolio when they hit these marks, take the emotion out of it. Good advisors will help you do that. I think that's a critical strategy and one that's very, very hard to do right now. But long term, it's a great move. I agree. And what's the next and last strategy that we have on the list? So the, the final strategy, I don't really know if this is a strategy as much as it's like a, here's a hot tip, but don't do anything that's going to impact your retirement negatively. We know it's scary. Uh, we talked to our clients. We've been talking to prospective clients. Everybody's portfolio has dropped in value since, since February. We know you're scared, but you're an individual person. Most likely your account is for retirement. Don't do something that you're going to end up regretting and that could impact your ability to retire. So essentially what that means is don't panic out of the stock market and sell your mutual funds, your ETFs, your individual stock positions. Keep them. The market will go back higher. This is a temporary blip. We'll take it a month, a year, two years, five years. Nobody knows. But if you get out of the market, you're essentially saying, I don't have a plan. That's a good point. Yeah, I think these strategies, again, they're great strategies to implement. They're things that are actionable that you can be doing now. Some of them need calculation, but there's great things that you can do on this list that could put yourself in so much a better position long term and not be doing things that are going to harm you, like jumping out of the market. These, these will put you in a great position, lowering your expenses and doing some of this conversion, making contributions. These things are great long-term. I'd suggest revisiting the list, going to the show notes, looking at the list and seeing which ones, if not all of them, you can implement because there are some very, very good strategies that will be helpful long-term. Uh, last question I have for both of you is uh, since you guys have been at home, is there one thing that you've either purchased or been using at home more that you're really enjoying since you, you know, we're spending more time than we probably have in our entire life? No, I haven't purchased anything. Uh, we're... <laughs> we're we're going into a recession. Oh, the only thing I've been purchasing, Brent, I'll take that back. I've been buying stock. Obviously, hopefully most listeners have, have grasped this. I'm coming off on this podcast is really liking stocks here and being overly bullish. I think there's a chance that they could fall a little further. Sure, maybe. But I have slowly been purchasing stock to set myself up better for the long term. And a note to all of you people, you baby boomers, the last of the baby boomers who haven't yet retired who are you know in your 60s this is most likely your last great buying opportunity in the stock market 
so take advantage of it. So you you uh, you're not playing games at home. You're not hanging out. You're uh, you're buying stock grain all days. All Dude, day. I've been researching the stock market the most I ever have in probably a 15 year time period, looking Josh, for good companies to buy. Josh, what's some things that you're doing at home? The only things I've I've been buying is things that are going to help my home work setup or my home life. So just like uh, extension cords and extension wires that are just going to make it just a little bit better to look at here for my setup. Other than that, I haven't really been buying much and plan to buy stock positions like Matt said through this period. Um, I think it's really important. Um, and, and one thing I, I kind of just like to add is planning for your personal finances is just as important or I'd say even more important than the portfolio fluctuations right now. So utilizing some of these strategies that are more planning focused are really what's going to set your plan apart and you going forward. Um, so now's a good time if you were, you know, holding off on setting up a plan or even just a, a mint account, like we've talked about in previous podcast episodes with this extra time at home, let's do that. I mean, let's put ourselves in better positions for this recovery. Um, and I just think that it's really, really important um, for people to pay attention to their personal finances at this time, along with their portfolio. Not, it's not just about those investments right now. To give some people some ideas of things to do while you're sitting and quarantined at home, uh, we did send, until Amazon ran out, some clients puzzles. And so I know I've seen multiple pictures of people that are doing puzzles right now. It's kind of helping them pass the time, stay off the TV. Uh, other things like card games, I've uh, been playing a lot of Uno with my kids. It seems to become a, an every night thing that we, they've enjoyed doing. So I think there's, you know, obviously ways to be creative with our time at home right now and have fun with it and uh, just try and stay off the media because it, it's always so much worse on TV and it just, it creates anxiety and stress. It's not worth watching. Uh, spend more time with your family. Enjoy the time together. Let's enjoy this. And Soon enough, this is all going to be over. We're going to be right back at work. So thank you for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm Brent Pasqua. I was here with Joshua Winterspike and Matthew Thiel. For the show notes, you can go to retirementplanplaybook.com or visit our website at rpawealth.com. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And we look forward to obviously getting on another podcast and giving you more updates very soon. Thank you. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.